What's up, guys? Jay Daniel here with Victor Marshall, and this is the Sales at Home podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Mr. Josh Pineda. What's up, guys? What's going on? Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. So, Josh, we kind of got to know each other a little bit with your your previous offer that you were sales manager for. Right. Um, Got through some staffing, uh, sent you, what, three or four people? They were all awesome, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Great. I'm, I'm yeah. happy to hear that. I'm happy go to, go hear to Victor that. and UCM, you guys. They they get uh, really quality people. Yeah, you, you had, you had some of our killers. You had Chance and Marco and and, and Charlie. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah some yeah. of my favorite you people. Had a, you had a good squad. Yeah, um, man. So Much I, appreciated. <laughs> kind of wanted you to bring you on to, to just kind of talk to you a little bit about being a sales manager. Okay. About that experience and what that looked like. Um both of us have kind of done something similar and, and have kind of gone through that same process. So cool. just kind of pick your brain, see, you know, where your head's at and the kind of things you learn totally, and, and then, yeah, go from there. Awesome, man. Dude, happy to answer. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say brought you into sales managing? How did you get into it? Yeah, man. Um, you know, a funny story there. I actually like refused for a long time because I was making a lot of money as a setter. Because it was, it was a startup company, which is technically not what I wanted to. But because it was a startup, I was able to kind of do my own processes. And at that time, the CEO kind of let me do whatever I wanted. And it was working. So he was like, hey, do you want to become a closer or sales manager? I was like, no. <laughs> I like what I'm doing, man. It's part time. Um, but we started bringing on team members. And I saw that they, you know, a lot of people were looking to me because I'd been there the longest for like guidance and stuff. So I thought, you know, it, it would be cool to build some SOPs and, you know, build a fun team. So I decided to help that one company out. And uh, during my time as a setter, I'd made a lot of connections with the previous program I'd purchased to get into high ticket sales in the first place. And I realized, man, like, I feel like I got pretty fortunate and lucky because of like the hundred people that joined with me, like only three of us actually made it, which is kind of sad if you think about it, because we were all promised the same thing, yeah. right? But only three of us made it. I don't know if those numbers add up. So what I was doing on the side was like, look, I'll just be training some of these people and helping them place people with my connections. And I realized I'm doing this anyways, might as well get paid for it. <laughs> right. So started managing a team, man. It was actually pretty fun for a while, but I was new to leadership too. So I had to learn a lot of lessons along the way, but that's how I got into it. And it ended up evolving into a legitimate position where I was like, man, let's build a sales team and let's build a cool culture inside of this team. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It's, it's funny that you say, you know, it's one of those things you pushed off because you were making great money as a setter. A lot of people think that they have to be a closer in order to make good money. Um, oh, man. It's a common misconception in the industry that I feel. That oh, yeah. It's like, no, as long as you do good work, good work gets rewarded. So Totally, man. Totally. Yeah, you find the right processes, you find the right the right gigs, and you can you can make that good money even as a setter. Oh, absolutely. As long as it's a good company. I always warn people like, well, they can hire you as a setter, but if they don't have a process, like you might not make money at all. Yeah. Right. But good companies, man, legitimately making around eight, nine thousand on average there, which is actually pretty good money for at the time for me as a setter. But I also approached it as less of like, a, well, I'm here just to set appointments. And I was really, really trying to connect with these prospects as if I was a closer, you know. So I did put in the effort, but you find a good company, man, you can make money. Yeah. yeah. What would you say? was was some of the things you said you had to learn as a sales manager like as far as oh man um so i was an official sales manager for one team and then because of all the people that I had unofficially placed from this one program i'd purchased a while back with other companies i've met right they ended up being like hey can you can we have you come and do some trainings for our setting team and then trainings for our closer team so i was unofficially managing a bunch of other teams as well and creating sops just from scratch right 
And I think one of the most important things that I learned was that team culture is more important than team KPI, I think, personally. Um, well, at least how, how you start that. Because I worked with a couple of companies, and one of them, who we won't mention, because I don't really want to you know expose people, but you know, it was all about like high pressure. You got to hit numbers, got to hit numbers, got to hit numbers. And the other company was all about like, hey, innovation starts from the ground up. Are their sales reps actually remote people or are they just working a job? <laughs> you know, do they, do, are they actually, do we treat them like a business, you know, and I hire them as a business? Are they actually freelance? So I found that as a sales manager, I had to learn to, you know, make sure that the, the sales reps that were working with me and for me, oh, I actually felt like this was something they wanted to do and not like a high pressure job or else they could just go work for corporate. You know what I mean? So hopefully that makes sense. Kind of a roundabout answer there. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you managing your previous offers? Yeah. Um, so the one that I was working with you for, oh, not with you, but like you, you were helping me greatly. Again, <laughs> free plug for UCM. You guys do good work there. But I was working there um, as an unofficial manager for about two years, officially took the title and got a pay raise for probably about a year. Um, maybe you're, you're a little over a year, which is really fun. I enjoyed it. And that's probably where I learned the most, both from the failures and the, and the successes. <laughs> yeah. What would you say... In, in your opinion, because you've you've seen salespeople come and go, you've mm -hmm. seen, you know, all types of salespeople, what would you say makes the best salesperson? Like what qualities makes mm. the best person? Oh, man. Um, empathy, 1000%. Uh, I mean, a lot of these, the reason why I was taking on management positions for other companies, but they were using a bunch of kind of antiquated methods, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of Belfort stuff, which I don't think really works anymore. <laughs> Um, you got to look at the fruit, right? Um, but I would say like the people that genuinely care and, and actually almost break the rules, you know, where it's like, hey, I don't really want to follow the script. I want to follow what, what's best for this person. Those people make the best sales reps. Ironically, they make the most money when they actually care about the person on the other end of the call. I know it's a, a wild concept, but if you care about that person, they'll probably not only buy from you, they'll probably upsell on their own, cross-sell on their own, bring referrals to you on their own, and you'll probably form a relationship. Those people I found, I mean, the people you sent me, Marco, Chance, you know, Charlie, they're really good at that. So I think that's probably number one. Awesome. And don't enjoy what they're doing too, right? Because I think when you're- Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the people and you're just following a rigid process, like, mm -hmm. you know, th those are the reps that really burn out. Um, especially, oh, dude. especially when the fulfillment is kind of fucked on the offer and they just- Oh, just dude. Want to make more money. Oh, and then you, and you lack conviction for what you're selling because you're like, oh, now I'm just enrolling people. And only 1% of them are succeeding. What am I doing, man? You know, but if you really can care about them and maintain a relationship, man, you sell so much more than like, I would rather do that than spend the first month training you on a script. I'd rather train you on, Hey, what do my clients like? What do these prospects say about this company? Maybe hop on a call with like the last 10 prospects that joined and just call them and figure out why they bought from us and what could be improved. That's the best sales training I could come up with more than, and then I'll give them a script later. Right. So that's so good. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I gotta clip that bit, man. That's um, yeah. I mean, that that you said something there. You hop on with the last ten prospects and see why they bought. It's not yeah. just this is what we do. This is how we do it. It's no. Let's go back and see if we're doing what we say we do. Absolutely, man. And if, if you're not, you, you don't have to work for that company. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are good offers out there where you can feel good about it. And I feel like like some of these companies, I feel like I haven't sold. You know, I didn't actually sell anything. I actually genuinely got on and was like, look, I'm gonna tell you to go another direction. If you need to go another direction and if you need this let's get you the best offer i don't feel like i had to convince anyone on or go through a script with the right tonality <laughs> uh -huh. you know that stuff ah, i mean it's good to have good tonality but man if you can really figure out why these last 10 people are happy everyone else is gonna you know fall in line too yeah 
how important would you say is is culture in a situation like that and in, in an offer like that oh my gosh man i learned this the hard way okay i learned this the hard way or i'll admit too like as a sales manager i was like well let's just do whatever the ceo wants too and actually there's a reason i left one of my other offers was because i started realizing this is not a good culture culture is everything i mean what we're sold right and maybe not for me personally i was sold a dream that i can work freelance be my own business right and come and go and help and serve a company and serve their clients what often is the reality is, oh, this is the same as that corporate job. I just get to do it from my laptop instead of at an office, which is a good benefit. But that's not what I was sold, man. I paid 10,000 bucks for something else. <laughs> yeah. right? But the reason I chose to be a sales manager is we can still create that culture. I mean, people like you, Victor, I mean, I don't know what you're doing, Jay Daniel, but I've heard a lot of good things about you. We can create that kind of a culture still. We can affect change inside of a company and be entrepreneurs. So that's why I wanted to be a sales manager and kind of fight for my sales reps. So for me, culture is everything. Cause it's like, man, if you are genuinely developing as a person and you enjoy this offer and you're making good money, but that's just a byproduct, man, you're going to work here for as long as you want to, and you're going to crush it. You know? So I think it's, it's more important than, you know, a script. Yeah, um, for sure. And is that what you guys are? I hope that answers your question. <laughs> that was really good. Um, I'm curious in terms of developing as an individual, cause you know, you have different people coming in at different stages in their personal development journey, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you go about that approach every time mm -hmm. you have like a sales rep or somebody coming into the company? Right, man. Oh, man. So I wish I'd done this earlier. I really wish I'd done this earlier, especially some of the older sales reps. And if they ever watch this, they'll know who they are. I, I will. I've improved. <laughs> right. But I really want to figure out who, who you are, you know, and almost like your personality, your likes, your dislikes, why you're doing this, what drives and motivates you almost as if it's a sales call myself. I'm not going to sell you on the position. I want to figure out, am I a good fit to mentor you? Because I will be mentoring you for the next, you know, your career here. And then let's figure out how can we get you to your goals? Not how can we get you the fastest to your KPI? We'll figure that out. Let's get you to be like a top 1% person if that's what you want to be. I worked with Chance and he's a prime example, man. He liked to be a workhorse. And I was like, okay, man, I'm going to push you differently than I'm going to push Marco or Ryan or anyone else on the team. They have different things. So as a sales manager, if you really want to lead your team, you got to treat them as individuals and treat them like people, not like numbers. And they'll develop. They want to be here. They, they're here because they want to make money. You don't have to, you know, put pressure on them. They have their own internal pressure. My job is to guide you and make sure you're comfortable and uncomfortable at times. But let's let's make sure you're hitting your targets. Oh, man, that mentor part was so good because I'm, I'm curious on your opinion on this. So obviously, everybody and their mom has a course where they can. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on somebody who's coming into the industry? They're a little strapped. They have some cash. They can find it. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on them hiring like a mentor for, you know, whatever, right? Like 10, 20 K versus like mm. getting into an opportunity with the system and support. Cause I, I've had, I've had offers where the, the founders actually paid for coaching right. for me, or you know what I mean? Or they have their own, like, right, mentor. right, right. Um, totally. That's a great perspective, man. I was about to say, there are no offers out there that will pay for those same 10,000 sales gurus. <laughs> Let your CEO pay for that. But, you know, sometimes, you know, people do want you to have some kind of skill set. So I, I guess the answer is up to you as an individual. Like, how do you see your career transforming and what would serve you best? Um, you know, if it would serve you, because it, it did serve me to drop some money on a mentor who's going to get you skilled beforehand. Great. Just understand, you got to treat this like a business. Okay, you're not coming in as an employee. You got to treat this like a businessman and, and really come in and, and find a company you want to serve and get a return on your investment. Okay, but, you know, invest. If it's worth the investment always to get a mentor. That being said, I also think doing some research on who that mentor is, I think a mentor 
isn't just going to sell me something like a course. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's convenient that you put it all in a sales training. I could have gone on YouTube for a year. Sure, it's convenient. But if I'm paying for a mentor, I would like someone to help me personally with like my weaknesses or my limiting beliefs or what's holding me back from 10K a month. It's usually mindset, not skill set. So if you could help me with that, I would definitely pay for that. So yeah, it really is up to up to you, you know, but investing in a mentor is definitely a, a really great thing to do as long as they actually mentor you. Yeah, it's so, so key. You said it's usually mindset, not skill set. I find that it's exactly that. It's usually mindset and offer selection. Yeah, dude, yeah, totally. Oh, <laughs> man. Skill set is important. <laughs> Skills are important. Yeah. But if, if, like you said, if I'm in the right offer, then I can be developed into the skills that I need for this offer. I can totally. find the right team, find the right sales manager. I can find the right culture that they're going to yeah. grow me into what I need. Because, I mean, especially from from where I'm sitting, right? As as, mm -hmm. as a recruiter, a sales manager, whatever, hat mm -hmm. that I'm wearing, if, if I find someone, I'm like, listen, you may not be right for this role right now. But I know that with a little fine tuning, you're going to kill this offer. Yeah. It's more ent enticing to me than someone who's like, oh, yeah, I've sold all this and I've sold all that and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's yeah. great. You, you've done all that. That's great. Number one, why are you coming to me if, they, yeah. if they're that good? And number two, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. awesome. But will you be good in this offer? Because it's not all the same. Right, right, totally. And we each have different experiences we've gone through that will help us sell a different product, right? Mm -hmm. Or a different offer. Like for me, the things I've gone through, I want to sell something to people that have gone through something similar because I can relate to you as a prospect. I'm not, I might not be able to sell this million dollar real estate thing to other business owners as well as I would be able to sell this fitness thing, maybe. And this is just an example I'm pulling, right? But it's like, oh, well, I've gone through this. Like you said, man, maybe finding a good offer is more important than like learning their seven figure sales script. <laughs> yeah. Right. So 100%. It's man. funny because I, I have an offer now that I'm, I'm managing. And cool. I have a setter who is perfect for nice. the offer, aligns well with the business owner, has, oh, that's cool. has its nasty will grow into everything that she needs to be for this role. Mm. It's like, it will take time and it will take a little bit of effort, but it's just one of those things where you see an owner and then that's, that person comes to mind and you're like, mm -hmm. I need that person in this offer. You but know? that see, that's, that's the beauty of what you guys do, man. So like for you, I like asked you, Victor here, like if you're managing or training people, isn't it worth it to you to say, you know, I'd rather take a month or six weeks to develop this person because they're a good fit. Like, that's that's a totally great investment as yeah. a manager or business owner because then it's like well we have someone who's not only going to be loyal to this company they're going to love it yeah. and that's better than like going through a bunch of killers you know what i mean and just like recycling them because well your track record but you didn't hit kpi so i'm gonna go get another killer right i think that that's awesome and I, I don't know if that's what you're feeling but that seems like what you gotta yeah. do and 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 honestly like having a business owner say to me man i see myself in that person like, oh, yeah man that's like okay cool we, we've done it we've aligned it perfectly we've got the match mm -hmm. and and that's exactly what we're looking for that's exactly what oh, this that's cool man needs. yeah and you so, guys should cut that that's gold <laughs> <laughs> so finding finding that and and doing that and, and and being successful in sales managing was was great and you were doing it for a while but then you've now pivoted if i understand correctly pivoted into something else uh, sort of a bit yeah a bit um, I am still working for companies and managing teams, but instead of just one company, I've turned this skill set into something a little more freelance. Oh, you guys still there? Yeah. Yeah, we're here. Okay. Sorry. My, my Wi-Fi cut in and out. So I hope oh, I didn't lose no you. Problem. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but so I'm, I'm really working kind of small time here. Um, there's a lot of companies that I've networked with and we'll talk about network. Well, you guys actually cover networking really well. I just send people to you guys. I'm like, you want to learn networking? Go <laughs> I don't have to teach you that, you know? Um, but like I've networked with and provided huge value to a lot of these companies. A lot of them, my friends, a lot of them people I've learned over the years. And so they are usually asking me to build their sales teams. So what I want to do is place quality people. And what I was doing before for one company, I want to do for like nine or 10 and then eventually 20 or 30 and just grow as I go, but it's really the companies that benefit and then finding the right sales reps. Nice. So awesome. yeah, that's what I'm doing. Awesome. So have you found that challenging as of yet? Or is it just like, let me just get into it. I mean, it's challenging in its own way. I and mean, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sure. But I mean, because of my experience, I have just gotten into it. Uh, I was doing what I would have done before, except instead of spending eight hours a day for one company recruiting, doing it for a bunch of companies and just matching usually people that I know. I, I did this because a lot of people I knew were like, Josh, can I do what you're doing? Mm -hmm. I'm doing sales, but I'm working for a car shop. I'm mm -hmm. doing sales, but I'm working for this company. I'd like to do it remote. I'm like, well, I, I got a place for you. you know what I mean, yeah. let's, let's see if it works out, but let's, you know, let's go through some training first. I'm going to figure out your personality and manage you as if I was your sales manager. You don't really got to pay me for this, you know, unless you really want my mentorship. Sure. We'll figure something out. But for now, that's not my offer. I want to get you to the right company and because they're paying me to manage their teams, which is really awesome. fun. So awesome. yeah, I hope, hope that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. On the same, the same lines of, of what Jay Daniel was asking earlier, you've seen that there are coaches popping up that teach high ticket sales left and right now. It seems like in the past yeah. two or three months, there's been a lot of high ticket sales coaches popping up. We all came there's from, like 50 now. <laughs> yeah. We all came from, from programs that sold us a dream, like you said. You know, we all came from yeah. programs that promised us something and and delivered something else. Mm -hmm. What would you say is is something to look out for? If I'm new coming into sales and this is my first time popping into the industry, I pop online and I see 50 different coaches. What would you say is something to look for? Oh, um, well. Two honest answers to that. At this point, these people are probably have been closers or maybe they've been sales managers themselves. So I'm sure they've seen some kind of success unless they're completely scamming you. But I'm sure they've seen some kind of success. So if you want to pay for sales training, go for it. Just find the cheapest one. They probably have good sales training. But I would also say, look at the fruit. You know what I mean? Look at the fruit of what people are saying about this program, not just the hundred testimonials mm -hmm. or actually some of these companies have a thousand testimonials. But I, they also have 100,000 students. So that's still 1%. <laughs> yeah. you know? And, you know, for me also, I take that with a grain of salt. I like to think, look, if one person has done it, I'm sure I can work hard enough to do the same thing. But I'm also going to go eyes wide open and understand they're not going to guarantee. If they say they're guaranteeing me something, mm. I'm going to have to guarantee that. I'm going to take the gold from this program. So that's one thing I would warn people. It's the same as every opportunity. You got to get the gold from it. Number two, I would say look for the results, man. Look at those free Facebook groups. What are people saying about the mentor? What are people saying about not just the results, but how they developed as a person? Because you can buy any one of these 50 gurus sales training. It's probably decent. I'm sure. I'm sure I could probably get it to you for free. <laughs> I, I just text me for free. I'll go find a company that'll pay for it for you. Like you said, right? Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're good sales training. Mentorship is harder to come by. I'm sure these gurus aren't great mentors yet. Maybe some of them are. I don't know. I think it's funny. You said you, you hit something on the head, I think. And and you, I mean, Jay, you, you and I have gone through to hundreds of, of Facebook groups, it seems like. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, this is a sales group, but the only person posting is the salesperson, like the owner of the group and mm -hmm. the secretary or his his 
is a system. <laughs> and like nobody else is posting, nobody else is posting anything of value. And it's it's very yeah. interesting to see what mm. be a successful business by how many people are talking about what they do. Totally, man. Totally. I mean, they're probably great marketing companies. If that's the case, it's probably a free Facebook group designed to upsell you to another thing, which again, upsells aren't evil either. I'm sure some upsells are great. I've bought a bunch of courses so people don't have to. I tell my <laughs> friends which ones are good. You know, it's fine. It's fine. But, you know, if you're looking for that, go for it. If you're looking for mentorship and to succeed in the industry, you don't have to go that route. Yeah. There's a lot of places. Yeah. And that, that's, a, that's a good point too. Being a good marketer doesn't necessarily make you a good business owner doesn't necessarily right. make you a good sales coach just because you're right and mm -hmm. good marketing is what got us into the business sure yeah good marketing yeah. is what is what got us got us sold something that wasn't delivered as well so mm -hmm. right right i'm curious so and, and maybe you guys have discussed this already but given this is our first interaction i'm curious like who was mm -hmm. josh Paneda before high ticket sales dude oh man i was doing a lot of things um i was actually primarily music was and it is still my main career really? um i was you know performing artist you guys know who the jonas brothers are i was signed by them so their dad is my manager and i was actually touring and awesome. stuff i got a lot of fans in brazil and japan shout out to you guys i've never been there never met you guys but you pay for my stuff thank you <laughs> right so i love those guys it's awesome um that's what i was doing before but dude i was broke man like in 2020 because i was doing sales for a gym I was a sales manager at a gym. Dude, that sucked, first of all. So it's actually a good thing I got let off, right? Uh, but with when COVID hit, man, I lost everything. And I actually had like a little marketing agency because I'd taken like one of, uh, I don't know if I should say this. Well, I took one of Ty Lopez's courses. You can cut that out if that's slander. <laughs> no, actually, I was making money from it. But again, 1%, like me and two other people. I was like, hey, I know you guys tagged us all. There's 250 of us that you tag in a Facebook group saying, welcome new members. Yeah. Three of us are making money from this. That can't be great, you know, but again, you know, some people maybe weren't using the course. So I was doing that making money. All those restaurants shut down. So they stopped paying me 2000 bucks a month. I was like, great. I'm at zero now. So that's where I was before high ticket sales. I had to get a job somewhere and I thought I might as well be a freelance worker instead of starting another company. And that's how I got into this. <laughs> awesome. That's so crazy. I, I have a very similar in 2020. The, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. About tied course and, and social media. Oh, but... dude, I'm so interested to hear your story, man. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. So yeah, that's <laughs> hey, um, here we are, man. Congrats. <laughs> you made it through the jungle. <laughs> Still working my way through, man. I feel like life's a jungle. It just gets more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, it ends up being fun when you have the right people around you. So it seems like you have. Yeah. Working. Um, no, that's awesome. And so what do you think has contributed? Actually, I'm curious on that. It's, <clears throat> right. For most courses, usually like one to 10% of people get results. Um, right. For what do you think is the difference between, you know, obviously like taking action, but what do you think is the difference between like you and the other people that went through like the social media course or even like the high ticket closing one? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of 50 50 on that because some of the times I'm like, hey, look, if you're consistently only getting 1% of clients to succeed in your fulfillment as a business owner, that's my business. I do want to improve that. My whole job as a business is to solve a problem, not to make money. You make money when you solve a problem. At least that's how I would want to start a business. So, I mean, if you're not solving a problem, maybe improve that. <laughs> right. But that being said too, a lot of people do take courses and I don't think they, and I've done this with some of my friends too, right? And some people are like, Hey, you know what? I'll see how this works out. You know, I will, uh, I'll commit when I get results. I'm like, I wouldn't approach an investment that way. I wouldn't approach a business that way. 
So if I'm taking this course like a consumer saying, feed me, feed me, I need you. And if you didn't provide for me, then you're a scam. I might not get results. So I do want to change my mindset and say, you know what? I, if one person has succeeded, I'm going to find a way to imitate what they did, at least a little bit. And I'm going to get the gold out of every lesson. Even if 90% of it is fluff, I'm sure some of there has, is some knowledge in there. If I make just one one pro progress from this, that's worth it to me. So I think that's probably what separated me is I, I came into it with my eyes open. Yeah, it's not a promise. Just because they guarantee something, I'll guarantee it just to hedge my bets. <laughs> right. So hopefully that makes sense. No, that's good. And you said like eyes wide open. Do you feel like do you feel like most people are living life with their eyes wide open or they need to be sleepwalking a little bit? Man, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, if we were to rationally step back and say, it makes sense for me to pay on average $108,000 for four years of education or two years of it are probably drinking. And then afterwards with my master's degree, I'm going to get a $15 an hour job and I'm okay with that. I don't know if you would tell me that my eyes were open <laughs> just because that's what my father did. And my grandfather did in an industrial age when that was okay. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if people are walking with their eyes open, which is why we're here, right? All three of us. We're trying to open people's eyes to a better way, which is why I love what you guys are doing. So yeah. 100%. to that point, I mean, we like you said, it was back when it was needed and it was necessary and it was, it was a lot cheaper. It was, yeah. it was what you did because that's what you needed to do to get good yeah. quality work. And we've yeah. seen over and over and over again that that's just not the case for most situations now mm -hmm. it's like you know what if if i can if i can be a 15 year old who goes viral on dr phil end up with a rap career and then all of a sudden i'm now got making tons of money and then i go on only fans make a million dollars in a day like you know like yeah you know, man there's there's yeah. there's something there's there's a disconnect here right yeah life is a little different now than the yeah, 50s or 1800s <laughs> yeah it's like okay let me take a look at what's actually happening and how to how to you know hedge this myself and yeah. do something with it and you've you've kept saying something your eyes wide open and yeah. I think that people are coming into this and they're like all right i'm just gonna i'm gonna make money and i'm that's all i want to do and I'm like that's great that's a great goal but at the same time, like raise your standard, right? Yeah. Standard yes. shouldn't just be money. It should be the lifestyle and, and the desires of after that. You know, it's yes. like, yeah, sure. Make money. Absolutely. Make $100,000 in three months. Go ahead, do that. And it's possible, mm -hmm. kill it. But what are you going to do after that? What are you going to do with the money? Like you're going to blow it right. like everybody else? Like how <laughs> are you really investing in yourself? Oh, man. That's the thing we've seen with even professional athletes or, you know, Powerball winners, right? It's like, well, I feel like, and you guys answer this, if you, you know, what, what do you guys think? Like, I think if you, if we focus on becoming a top 1% person with a top 1% character, top 1% integrity, top 1% work ethic, I'm sure the money is always going to follow. Or if I go broke, I'm sure I can make that back in a month if I'm a top 1% person. But if I pursue top 1% money and I'm used to it going out, as soon as I get it, it's going to go back out. Right. So I think, I think that's kind of the mentality. How would you describe a top 1% person? Like, right, man. Yeah, that's a great question, dude. I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying there? <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, like, what are the categories? What's the, the mental space? Like, what's that look like? Oh, man. I, so for me personally, and I like to share this too, it's like, man, if you can, if you can impact a lot of lives, if you're, you know, I think graduation, right? Maturity is realizing, hey, right now I'm just in survival mode. So everything's about me, me, me. How am I going to put food on my table? If mm -hmm. I can graduate to the point where I'm like, well, how can I impact the people around me? 
And then how can it impact people that are not even in my circle? And then how can it impact people across the nation and across the world? And that, that's the kind of impact I have. That's that's top 1%. What kind of influence do I have? What kind of character and integrity do I have, right? What do I do when no one's watching? Or what do I do when there's a prospect on the phone and I know I can take their money, but I also know there might be a better solution. Would a top 1% person take advantage of that because I'm so scarcity driven that I need that pay in full? Or would a top 1% person say, I have abundance mentality. I'm here to serve. I can always make money later. Let me serve this person. And who knows, maybe they'll buy from me later. I think that's top 1%, right? So I, I, hopefully that makes sense. But it's it's the character, yeah. the mentality. That don't be so obsessed with the pay in full. You know what I mean? Like we're taught that, of course, right? <laughs> so, yeah. One call close, guys. <laughs> oh, man. How do you make that distinction? So obviously, like, you know, have good morals and make sure you're helping the person in front of you. Yeah. But um, how do you make that distinction between, like, being, you, you ever read the book Challenger Sale? Um, Which one? Heard, there's a book called The Challenger Sale. Um, I don't know if I have, actually. And I'd love to read it if it's a good book. <laughs> it, it's a good one. They just, it, it's, um, it, it's almost like a, it's similar to spin selling. I don't know okay. I like oh, spin yeah. selling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's similar to spin selling where they do like a big like research study. They they test a bunch of different salespeople and they find oh, cool. Them. Yeah, the most interesting salespeople are the ones that are willing to be that challenger, get uncomfortable, um, present new ideas to somebody, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So for you, like how how have you gone about balancing <laughs> like being almost like a challenger where you can kind of like push, you know, push people, right? Get them out mm -hmm. of their comfort zone while still doing things in their best interest. The, and the reason yeah. I ask a lot of people come into it where they're too nice and they're like mm. i want what's best for this person and you know money's a little bit tight and they kind of buy into their excuses aha okay great question man well also if if you want to lose 50 pounds or you're going to have a heart attack in three weeks i'm going to be really nice to you and kick your ass in the gym i'm going to be really nice to you and make sure that yeah i'm going to wake you up at 6 a.m or i'm going to go to your house and knock on your door until you do that's me being very nice if i was being selfish i don't want to hurt your feelings it's not my life. You can survive. All right. But also being nice is also like, look, do, do you need this program right now? And maybe it's okay to run it by your wife. Those objections, right? You know, this is a family decision. This will impact the future of your family. Maybe get her on the call with me. Let's figure this out together because I'm going to be honest in a lot of ways to an answer to your question. I, I know I'm going a roundabout answer. I'll put these things out up front. I am here to see if taking your money is a good fit for you and obviously a good fit for me. That's what this is about. There's no tricks here. I'm not going to pretend like, oh, let's talk about the investment later. You know, let, let's go through this and let's make a decision together. And to do that, can you commit to starting this professional relationship with me where we're honest with each other? Because I'm going to ask you some questions and figure out legitimately this is good for you. And I know you don't know me, so let's get to know each other now. Right. So hopefully that makes sense. You got to really put yourself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think people need to teach more than sales training is can you put yourself in someone's shoes? And I put so much effort into this and close your eyes and think, I were this person with a wife that depends on me. Is this going to serve me? If so, I'm not going to let you leave without at least considering the fact that you should probably do this. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what's funny is I think that you can, it's a lot easier to be a 1% per, top 1% person than it is to make top 1% money. Hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I think, I think being a top 1% person comes a lot more naturally for people who are looking for it than mm. some of those who make up 1% money. And, and right. when you, and I feel like once you get that top 1% person down, the money follows. Money is always a byproduct. It should yes. never be the goal. It should never be the focus. Absolutely. So if you're focusing on being a top 1% person, then you put yourself in the top 1%, the top 1% comes to you, right? Absolutely. 
So if you're, if you're focusing on, let me just go out and I want to make that top. I want to be in the top 1%. I want to make that kind of money. I want to be up there with Bezos and blah, blah, blah. Like (laughs) that's great. You can strive for that. And then you're going to ruin yourself in the process. Uh But if you get in there and you say, no, everybody says, I want to serve people. That's what, that's the tagline, right? I want to serve people and do what's best for people. And you talk to enough salespeople, you'll hear it 50 times a day. All right. The reality is, do you really want to? Are you really going to be that person who's going to put them, not just serve them, but serve them above your own needs? Right. And do you know what that even means? Exactly. Right. Serving them does not mean I want to project like I'm serving you. So you feel like I'm harmless. You buy later. That's also what people think serving is, right? Or let me give you a bunch of testimonials and show you what, and that's not serving either. Right. So it does, you got to become someone who's, you got to be really strong of character on the inside to make this who you are. So that I'm not like thinking, how do I serve this person? I've got to do that in every aspect of my life. So the prospect is just another person that I do, like I help serve, which is what I have to do anyways. So absolutely, you guys are nailing it right in the head, which is not really taught in these courses, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of want to pivot back to what, what JD was talking about, like life mm-hmm. before sales. A lot of people come into this thinking they're going to quit their nine to five and go full time into sales. And that's great for some people. It's not so great for others. Mm-hmm. Was there a time period or are you still doing it now? You said you still kind of are a recording artist. Do you still split your your time between a couple of different revenue streams outside of sales? Oh, absolutely. Um, again, we got we to gotta remember that if we are chasing the money, it's if our mentality is I'm going to earn money for the rest of my life, then yeah, but you're going to have to earn that for the rest of your life. For me, it was always, let me just exponentially increase how much money I'm making per time per hour so that I can have time to breathe, <laughs> right? And then put that money in places where it will grow. That's still the goal. And I hope that is always the goal for people. I hope we all know as well, we're in the age where we can learn to do that. You know, about 50 years ago, if you were really, really rich, you knew how, and the secrets were secret. Now we can figure this out. So in answer to your question, yes, always trying to grow, always trying to have as many streams of income as possible. And sales is just a way to exponentially grow what I make per hour so that I can grow that faster and not have to work 50 years. Do you have exit plans? Absolutely. Oh, totally. So, in fact, I'm kind of doing sales as a passion now because so many of my people I knew were like, "All right, I'm I'm going to pull the trigger and buy this ten thousand course. I don't want to dissuade them from buying something." I'm like, "All right, dude, screw it. Let me just do this. Then here, here. Let me just let me connect you to a company. Try me for two weeks. <laughs> if you hate that company, go buy that course. If you like what they're doing and this CEO promises to pay for that sales training instead." Do it there. So that, I mean, I'm doing this as a passion. I do have exit strategies for sure. I, I do want to grow mega. I want to influence on a global scale. I want to build mega companies that influence on a global scale. So I'm not stopping here for sure. Nice. Are yeah. you trying to tie in music to what your, your exit goal is and your exit plan is? At this point, not anymore. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Music is a passion. And um, it was always a goal of mine to have something where I didn't have to have to make money from it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a passion. The whole goal of music was I thought that time it was the best way I could impact thousands of people and influence them. I mean, I have people message me saying like, man, I decided not to. And then you might have to it's a little explicit here. I decided not to off myself tonight because of the post you had and because of that song. Mm. And I was like, damn, I got to keep doing this then. Yeah, I want to keep doing this. But no, I found another way through business, through influence, through coaching, through mentoring, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I can do this too. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned music because I talked to a lot of salespeople and they, a lot of us have backgrounds in music. Like that's, that's crazy, right? I do myself. Like I just just did a concert last night. (laughs) So, oh my gosh, it's, (laughs) 
it's it's uh it's one of those so cool. that grounds a lot of people mm-hmm. i feel like it's it's something that we don't talk about often we don't talk about the life outside of the mm-hmm. sales call we don't talk about the life outside of sitting at your computer or on your phone and it's like no we don't do this just to be at our computers for 20 hours a day you know we do yeah. this way we can live life and and have passions and be able to right. pursue things and I mean, like Love I've that. got, I've got guitars on my wall. I've got you know, a piano sitting in front of me. Like this is, this bro, is, we got to talk. <laughs> this is life. You know, this is what we yeah, do. Yeah, totally. You know, Absolutely. And, and, and me and Jay, Jay talk about it all the time. Like we got to do a track together. Like, it's, like it's just, oh Jay, you too guys. I got to ask you some man. questions, fellas. This is going to be dope. <laughs> <laughs> just having fun. And I feel like salespeople don't have fun. Yeah, they'll travel oh, man, and they'll totally. spend money and they'll buy all the things that, you know, and they'll eat all the meals and all of that. But just having fun and actually enjoying the life that we're able to enjoy, I think is it's so key. It's so important to being not just successful, but happy and successful. Mm-hmm. Isn't that why we got onto this in the first place? Isn't yeah. that what success used to be before we got introduced to KPIs? <laughs> right. Isn't that what that used to be successful? Yeah. I got into this, so I didn't have to be stressed about being at a computer nine hours a day, right? And there's gotta be a way to make that happen. Well, there is. So absolutely, that's spot on, bro. I feel like a lot of people forget that too. Yeah. And and that's why I like seeing, and we, we've talked about them a few times, but Chance and Marco and, and Charlie, like they're having fun living their life and they're such great guys. You they're know? such and, great guys, man. And they're, they're out here living their lives and having fun using this as a vehicle to do exactly that. And, and that's I it, that. man. <sighs> Man. Oh, and back to your point, you asked a question, what's a good culture, right? If your sales manager, I didn't do this for a while too. So I, I did mess up on this. I learned to do this now. If your sales manager doesn't ask you those things, right? If I never, if you're working for me, Victor or Jay Daniel, and I never once know that you're doing this because you want to make music, am I really a good sales manager or am I using you like a corporate manager would too? Mm. And saying, well, you're here to make numbers so that I can get my promotions so that my boss will make, you know what I mean? Like, all right. But if a sales manager is like, dude, what are you here for? What would the ideal working situation be for you? How can I support you in that? How can we now, can we inc- include in- increase your close rate so you don't have to work eight hours today? Yeah. Because you want to play guitar and let me go to your concert. You know what I mean? That I think if a sales manager does that, you're probably in a good culture. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Listen, thanks. Thanks for coming on. I We've, thanks, guys. we've had, you know, conversation through DMs and, and mm-hmm. we've chatted a few times before about, you know, different salespeople in the work, but I was like, you know what, let me have Josh on. I know that he's not in the offer anymore. So he's probably a little bit more freer to kind of talk about what he's doing. And so like, totally. let's just like sit down and hang out. Cause this, that's what this is, that. this is the hangout. You know, we've had yeah, I love it, business owners, we've had, you know, salespeople, we've had, you know, we've had a, some ladies on just tell us how creepy guys are in the DMs. Like, you oh, know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that sales 101 too? <laughs> yeah. We, we just hang Come out. On, man. And so we're glad you came to hang out with us tonight and we appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me, both of you. Seriously. Now I know we should, and that's on me too. Let's, let's, let's hang more. I'd love to get yeah, to know you guys more. For sure. You guys are doing great stuff in this space. I've heard about both of you from multiple people. So that's a good sign, right? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So cool. awesome guys. That was a blast. Right. This has been okay. sales at home podcast. My Don't God. forget to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> yep. Below somewhere, right? <laughs> See you guys. See you guys.